Good evening and welcome to News Night. In the next 60 minutes, prepare to pay more for food, goods and for services as general traders, beverage dealers warn they will pass on cost of doing business to consumers as they express gross disappointment in finance minister's failure to scrap redundant taxes in the 2024 budget. Whatever the cost, we will pass it on to the final consumer. Prices will not drop because the budget has not indicated anything that is going to uh, uh, release the, the, the increment in the, or the high prices in the, in the market. Also tonight, arrested and cautioned will tell you about how some unemployed persons with fiscal disabilities who worked as road toll collectors who pitched camp at the Roads Ministry to push for their re-employment were arrested and cautioned by the police. Also, Majority Leader Seiche Mensabons who addresses Baumia running mate speculations. You are interested? <laughs> it's all about me. It's about the party. This is what you've done all your life. Yes. Are you interested? That's my interest matter. Awesome, assuming, assuming I'm interested. The determination is not in my hands. We have details as he stresses the Ashanti choice but urges autonomy for Baumia's decision. And in business, the government to end 2024 spending 60 billion Ghana cities more than revenue that's planning to mobilize for next year. And in sports, Ghana's Apim poised to advance to the finals of the CAF Women's Champions League with a win over Morocco's Casablanca tonight. We have that and more in tonight's edition of Newsnight. Plus, the unemployment fever will not stop Mansura, a finance major, from providing for herself after nine years of unfruitful job search. That's in our Stories of Hope coming up. So I keep applying. Maybe some people will bring 10,000, bring 15,000. It came to a point, I even had an appointment letter, which is a fake appointment letter. That's a more in tonight's edition of Newsnight. Please, you will, to join us with your thoughts and comments via WhatsApp 055 We're live on Facebook, also myjoyonline.com. I am MFA Apau. And my name is Evans Mensah. And we start tonight with the budget. And tonight, MFA, we're hearing from the industry players themselves on the back of the 2024 budget presented today by Kendo Foriata. And we're hearing from the Ghana Union of Traders Association. And they are already warning that they'll have no choice than to pass on the cost of doing business to consumers. And they're reacting to the 2024 fiscal budget statement presented today, earlier before the day's presentation. The traders and other key business players call for the removal of taxes, including the COVID-19 health recovery and special import levies. But the budget was silent on these concerns, despite a number of reliefs announced today. Uh, listen to Kendall Friata if you haven't heard him already. Mr. Speaker, tax reliefs. Our approach to tax policy since 2017 was to give significant relief to the private sector until expenditure pressures from 2020 required a more aggressive approach. It is important to note that in the short term, fiscal sustainability requires that we improve our tax ratios significantly, otherwise our long-term competitiveness will be reduced. As we all know, our country's 13% tax to GDP ratio is far below our peers. Our target is 18 to 20%, and we are on course with 16% hoping to be achieved this year. In that regard, it is difficult to implement all the structural reforms and tax reliefs needed to immediately lower and or eliminate certain tax handles. However, I assure this august house that we have had we believe in lower taxes as a government for industry, and we are working at this aggressively with the GRA and to be cemented with the standing committee of the Mutual Prosperity Dialogue. And the finance minister goes ahead to announce a raft of tax reliefs. And I want to go through them. Uh, one is the extension of the zero rate of VAT on locally manufactured African prints. For two more years, and MFI is wearing one. Um, if it's manufactured locally, it's going to be zero rated. Uh, how will that translate into the cost of that for you? Uh, this is something that we would get a sense of pretty shortly. Secondly, waiving import duties on import of electric vehicles for public transportation for a period of eight years, waiving import duties on semi knocked down and completely knocked down electric vehicles imported by registered EV assembly companies in Ghana for a period of eight years, 
extend the zero rate of VAT on locally assembled vehicles for two more years. And this is one of the that uh, there's been a lot of campaign about, the sanitary parts question. Mm -hmm. Now, the finance minister announced today that there's going to be a zero rate VAT on locally produced sanitary parts. Also, on that same subject, to also grant import duty waivers for raw materials for the local manufacture of sanitary parts. There's also the granting of exemptions on the importation of agricultural machinery, equipment, and inputs. But this is a key point. There will be exemptions also on medical consumables. Now, the key question is, does this include, for example, the consumables that Kolebu and other you know, hospitals require for dialysis? There will also be exemptions on raw materials for pharmaceutical industry. Now, we'll get to hear their thoughts on this. There's also a VAT flat rate now of 5%. To replace a 15% standard VAT rate on all commercial properties uh, will be introduced to simplify administration. Now, there is, however, going to be an increase in stamp duty. And this is something the finance minister is saying will be reviewed uh, in 2024 and is going to go up. Um, they, we just been hearing from the minority suggesting that the finance minister in the document before parliament is suggesting that uh, they uh, intend to raise uh, some 11 billion CDs in, in tax revenue. And they expect to see specifics. And they're suggesting that we're going to possibly see handles that will bite a bit more. But that, that in general, uh, the reliefs that the finance minister put out today. Well, let's bring in um, the head of the Food and Beverages Association. We've also been hearing from Gucha on this executive chairman of the Food and Beverage Association of Ghana, John Awini. Already they've been warning that, um, in fact, they are not um, happy with um, some of these um, measures that were announced by the finance minister. They were hoping to hear more. We're grateful uh, for your time here on Newsnight, Mr. Awini. Well, in spite of uh, the fact that you were hoping that COVID-19 levy amongst others would have been removed, there were no new taxes. And also, some tax reliefs have also been announced. Is that not enough? Well, thank you very much. Uh, I would say that uh, we recognize the financial difficulty to present a budget in a, within an IMF framework. The tax relief that have been provided generally will have minimal, very minimal impact on the private sector in general. We have said over and over and be mindful of the fact that the government needs to revenge. We have said that the private sector is the engine of growth, and the currently the cost of doing business is very high in the country. Stock, uh, stock turnover is very low. Consumer income is very low. Disposable income is low. Demand is low in the market. And so what we are looking for is some general or let me say some new stuff that will shake the private sector and kind of cause some kind of a kickstart some growth in the private sector. If you look at the the, the manufacturing sector, the manufacturing sector has shrunk according to its own report. It has the manufacturing sector reduced decline in growth by about two point two percent. Now, if your manufacturing sector is supposed to anchor your group, your manufacturing sector is supposed to support your agricultural sector, your manufacturing sector is supposed to lead growth for industrialization in the country, and it has gone negative growth. The question now is, the relief that you have provided, will that help that manufacturing sector to recover from the negative growth and then begin to, and then begin to experience some positive growth? The answer is no. Tax relief for electrical vehicles cannot bring about any growth in the private sector. Currently, as we speak now, we still have COVID-19 lady present. Growth and sustainability tax present. Exercise tax on food, drinks, and all that present. Electricity tariff renewed every uh, quarter or increased every quarter present. Water tariff present. High import duties, the import sector still, import duties still on such. In fact, in the budget, there was no indication or worry by the finance minister that 
they will work hard to reduce the current exchange rate of the uh, the city and the dollar from 12 cities maybe downwards to maybe 10 or, or, or 9. No indication. It appears that we are very comfortable with the current exchange uh, rate. So we are saying that oh, well, it is stable. By stable, from where did it come from? We came from three cities, four cities. As they, after the year 2020, the exchange rate was like 5.6, 5.9 on the average. Today we are dealing with just 12, 12 cities to one dollar. That clearly has huge impact on the prices at the, uh, 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 to the consumer or prices in the market. The GAT is still at 15%, still quite high. And I, 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 can, I could go on and on. So I think that generally, mm-hmm. that's the of sanitary part. Yes, it's a, it's a good step, but of what effect will it have on the generality in the private sector? Well, Mr. Awini, okay, I've heard you, I've heard you mention, yes. Mr. Awini, if you can hear me, I've heard you talk about excise tax amongst others, but specifically for, to the food and beverage sector, for instance. What exactly were you expecting to hear that you did not hear? We wanted to hear them remove the exercise taxes on, on those resources and all that. We wanted to hear that some bit of management with the electricity tariffs that they have been in because that has a huge impact on the manufacturing sector. We wanted to see COVID-19 maybe removed. We wanted to see the special import duty, export duty maybe removed. We wanted to see clearly some, some, some work, some, some, some bit of a... Uh, uh, the exchange rate, it should be managed so that it can come down from the 12 cities to one dollar to maybe about nine or somewhere. But nothing is said about that. Nothing, we, have, we haven't seen anything like that. And generally, the regulatory framework is very huge. You have the regulatory sector, you have too many institutions coming at one particular company or, or so to, 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 to comply. So there could have been centralization or something that we are working at making sure that we reduce the number of regulators, uh, 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 regulators on, 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 on the private sector. And that will enhance uh, the business growth and the development. But nothing like that has been said. And so let me go ahead and talk about tax relief for electric, electric vehicles. How many people drive electric vehicles? The, man, the, the, the food and beverage sector. What kind of, uh, what impact will uh, tax exemption electric vehicles have on us? Tax exemption on, uh, we talk mm-hmm. about uh, local manufacturers, uh, uh, vehicles. Mm-hmm. Or what impact will it have generally, parental assistance on the okay. consumer, on the price of rice, on the price of chicken, whether it's local chicken or imported chicken? What effect will, it, will that one have on electricity and on water? Okay. Nothing. Ms. Awini, we are grateful. That's John Awini, Executive Chairman of the Food and Beverage Association of Ghana. Let's bring in the Ghana Union Traders Association. Benjamin Yeboah is a Director of Welfare, joins us on the line right now. You had your own expectations, uh, Mr. Yeboah. Were those expectations, yeah. were, were those expectations met? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Good evening to your service. Unfortunately, look, because I'm still scanning through the highlights and I'm still wondering. Because we were looking at uh, a situation where some relief will be given to us in terms of some reduction. We, look, we were looking at the COVID levy of 1%, which we thought should have been removed because the COVID has officially ended. We're also looking at the 2% special import levy, which has been there since 2013. We're looking at the harmonization of the, uh, the VAT system. Or to us, uh, uh, that disparity among the, the way it's collected wasn't proper. And it's causing confusion for even GRA for them to be sending their, their personnel to go and do investigations. I mean, if there's no disparities, why would you be sending people to go around? So we didn't see that one too. We're looking at a situation where we can be assured of. If inflation is really dropping and will be seeing some reflections in terms of the policy rates that can reflect in interest rates, uh, we didn't see. So, you know, the, the budget has been read, but it seems to be where we are. Talking about VAT, though, the finance minister announced today a VAT flat rate of 5% to replace a 15% standard uh, VAT rate on all commercial properties. Or that will be introduced to simplified administration. You say this is this is not good enough. On all commercial property, 
we are talking of goods that we are really also selling. And we are saying you are having uh, a, a standard rate for the same market, we are having a, a, a flat rate. For the same market, we have those that are not collected at all because they don't meet the threshold. Unfortunately for us, we are all at the same market selling almost the same items. So, I mean, if you give that five percent for the commercial property, it's like we're trying to do something, but it's not reflecting on the general group that would have seen some some reflection. And the thing is, I don't know, they should really look at that but system and see what they are doing. Because you can't, on the market, if you're looking at uh, manufacturers and you're looking at a standard, uh, uh, that standard rate, for them, why? But you can't be doing uh, for a, a business day market and uh, having that free running concrete is, is a problem. Well, that's the budget you have, and the minister says this is obviously something that needs to be put together within the framework of the IMF program. You talk about the COVID nineteen levy, but I'm pretty sure you were that we accumulated some COVID related debt that hasn't gone away. You need that money to still clear that debt over time. So my, my worry, my worry, why are we still looking at uh, these high taxes with the idea of trying to get revenue? It's not working. In a sense that having a high taxes is not translating into revenue. And I think that by the time the Ministry of Government look at how it's going about it, well, it's not really working. Do you, the finance that talks today about consultations that were done with various groups, I wonder if Guta were consulted at all and whether what proposals you put forward. We went. We actually met with the ministry, the minister himself was in attendance. Uh, we, we, we made all this, what I'm telling you, led to him. Uh, yes, we've been suffering after COVID and we, we need some relief. Look, it's just imagine. Uh, the, the producer prices going up outside. Then we had this problem uh, with freight. And then just last year, we had the serious depreciation of the city, what caused a, a, a lot of problems for us, a lot of our businesses. And then early this announcement of the three taxes. We've been struggling throughout. So we needed some relief. But this is not good. You go to the port, the port will tell you the port is not really doing best because the business is not going on there. So what is going on? Meaning they may people may be taking goods outside and taking them outside the break at And government is losing revenue again. So how, what do you do to increase revenue? You look at the accumulative taxes and levies and uh, duties at the port and see what you can do about it to attract business. Don't do it. You target about 174 billion as your target. How are you going to achieve it? So you didn't get what you were expecting. What would that mean for you? What, what would that mean for your businesses and your customers? Well, you see, it would be the way it is. And with Christmas along the uh, corner, uh, I just wonder how uh, businesses are still going to cope. And they're now uh, customers like you are going to be able to buy now for yourself your family. It's, it's, I don't know. But I think uh, uh, the, the finance ministry should still be looking at our our tax regimes and see what they can really do. If they really want to enhance uh, uh, that kind of, uh, you know, people willingly paying tax. You want to increase that awareness for people to pay taxes. Then you have to do something. We're looking at even their tax uh, uh, net, widening it. Now, we've been saying this every time. How do you widen your time? Getting artisans and coal to be part of the net. So as smaller, smaller, everyone is paying something. You accumulate. Mm. Uh, Benjamin Yibwa, thank you very much. He's the director of welfare at Guta. Uh, this budget is also about you so send us your thoughts on whatsapp i'll share it with the rest of the world I and mean, for going into the budget there was the flooding crisis um in the volta region and other communities along Gee, the volta amongst others mm -hmm. the finance minister today laid out a an intervention there are three main things that will happen there are 
the, is the 220 million CDs that he says they now budgeted for that would go to the relief phase for communities affected by the Kosomo spillage. And then they're also going upstream, mm-hmm. right, to OT, Savannah, and Bono East regions. We've reported that, that yes. this is not something that is only affected areas in the Volta region, but up north also. And then they go to the restoration phase. The restoration phase government, through their great ministry, will also allocate additional resources to support the restoration of livelihoods. Mm-hmm. And then something that the minority have been asking for is resettlement. It's a third phase, which will now also come in play with resettlement. And this is going to be done by accessing funding from the World Bank under the IDEA crisis response window. And this will support resettlement of victims, restoration of livelihoods, compensation, and reconstruction, and reconstruction of infrastructure in the affected areas. We have uh, the MP from the area most affected joining us. Um, that's the Noftong MP, Samuel Lukujetua Blackwa. Thank you so much for joining us here on Newsnight. This is definitely what you were looking for, weren't you? Yeah, good evening. Thank you for having me. Uh, Definitely a positive development uh, ahead of the budget presentation. uh, The over 12,600 displaced VRA victims in my constituency have been looking forward to this particular allocation. And it is important to stress that at this point we welcome these commitments however we are cautiously optimistic because we know that there's a world of difference between allocations in the budget and actual releases so we will be following keenly uh, to make sure that these uh, projections uh, and proposals are actualized and that there are releases to alleviate the plight of my my constituents. The second phase is what is of some concern to us, the restoration phase. For that phase, we don't have any specific allocations. Uh, It appears the Ministry of Finance is still waiting for a response from the World Bank. And then they will know exactly how much the World Bank can provide and whether that will be adequate for the resettlement that we urgently need and the compensation that the people deserve as of right. So we will also be following the restoration phase uh, very keenly and we hope that uh, the response that will come from the World Bank will be adequate. Well, for government to put this in the budget, three phases we've been hearing about, I suppose there must have been some level of consultation at that level that you're aware of. If I'm understanding you, you mean at the level with the World Bank or before, with, before with the community? Before arriving at this with the communities in terms of engagement, what exactly is needed? Because you're talking about additional resources to support the restoration of livelihoods, which is in collaboration with the Ministry of Agriculture. Do we know what exactly the people need? I mean, have they consulted with the people before arriving at this decision, though? You recall that the Honourable Minister for Finance led a team, uh, a lot of directors from the Ministry of Finance, and the VRA, the VRA chief executive and his team uh, came to the constituency and engaged with us. Uh, I took the minister around the most uh, affected communities and he was in shock. He, he did express that in his presentation today. And I recall that in that consultation, I stated very clearly that we will be looking forward to uh, the specific uh, allocations in the budget, the resettlement, and and compensation. So I want to believe strongly that those consultations uh, played uh, a significant role in what has culminated in these uh, budgetary allocations. But I continue to be cautiously optimistic because I know that there's a world of difference between uh, allocations and actual releases. And then for the uh, resettlement and compensation, I must emphasize that data is still being collected. We are still assessing 
the full range of uh, devastation, the, the, the levels of impact. Uh, we have collected the number of houses that were demolished. According to NADMO, about uh, 1,500 of them. We are doing our own validations. We are still in the face of assessing the uh, specific amount in terms of properties and the, the other items that our constituents have lost. And so there is still a lot of uh, work that has to be done in terms of getting to the actual figure, how much we need to compensate people with. And then in terms of the resettlement, how many houses we have to restore. But I believe that it's work in progress and uh, uh, we are available to make the data that we have uh, uh, readily available to government. And I'm sure that uh, the NADMO and also uh, the, 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 the IMO uh, can also be helpful because in these processes, it's always good to have a credible independent, independent interlocutor who will you know, assess all the claims and make sure that uh, nobody is shortchanged in these processes. Okay. We'll closely monitor that. We are grateful uh, for your time. That's enough Tongue MP Samo Okujeto, a Blackwest reaction to that $220 million allocation to uh, the victims of flooding and also the Akonsomo spillage. Let's explore the uh, re- the tax reliefs that uh, we, we, we was announced today on the sanitary parts a bit more. I want to bring in the member of the Ghana Civil Society platform on SDG. They've been campaigning uh, for this. Archibald Adams joins us on the line right now. Archibald, uh, what's your reaction to this? This is what you were asking for? Did you get everything in the in the two lines that the finance minister announced today? Right. Good, e- good evening. Um, we were asking for two clear things. We're asking for taxes on the imported tax, on the imported tax as well as the reduction of taxes on locally manufactured um, sanitary parts and the provision of watch facilities. But we are excited that government has granted us this request. Um, We will not rest. We will continue to push and we are hopeful that eventually we will not have any taxes on sanitary parts, whether imported or locally manufactured. But you didn't get the removal of taxes on imported sanitary parts. That's the remedy. Yes, we didn't. Uh, we didn't get that one. But um, of, upon a further reflection, we think that this is okay. We currently have four locally um, sanitary part manufacturers in Ghana. We intend having a meeting with them on Friday to be able to look at what we can do, what they can do. First, to increase their capacity and then to also prepare themselves for these taxes that will be removed from the um, raw material. How much of a difference will this make, though, uh, for the thousands and millions of young women across the country you've been campaigning for? There will be a lot of difference, Evan. Um, we're looking at sanitary parts being sold at 17 cities, and then it's increasing to about 30 Ghana cities, depending on where you find yourself in which part of the country. So now that the 15% back has been taken up, and then we have import duty waived on the raw materials. We are sure it will bring down the price. And we are sure that as we work together with the Ghana Standards Authority, we can also work at um, developing a standard guidelines to guide producers of the reducible parts. So we're looking at it as in two ways. We're welcoming this news. We'll continue to engage, but then also we'll be ensuring that quality is achieved. Uh, thank you very much, Archibald Adams, there. And I mean, for this is such an important subject because if the look at the UNESCO numbers, one in 10 girls miss out on school during their period. This amounts to 10 to 20% of their school. Mm-hmm. So this is important and Fair. it's going to make a difference uh, for these young women across the country. It's a live on News Night. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. When we return, we'll hear from the majority leader. He's been addressing the speculation around the Baumia running mate and his own name popping up. We'll tell you what he's been saying. <laughs> it's not about me. It's about the party. This is when you've 
done all your life. Yes. Are you interested? That's my interest, matter. What's in that? Assuming, assuming I'm interested. The determination is not in my hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, details of that and more after George. Hello, George. You were in Parliament today. Yes, events. You yeah. know, before the budget was read, yeah. we had all these rumors and speculation that we're going to get additional tax handles yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. That didn't quite materialize. However, yeah. the minority has been saying that there is a figure that the financial minister is, is expecting to get about the, 11 There were some concessions billion. made. And, 11 uh, billion. Yeah. And we've seen the uh, the stamp duties going to go up next year. And the environmental thing as well. But even again, again, I, I want to also cast your mind back. Sometimes the, the fine detail, the appropriation, sometimes you get later fine details popping up and you ask yourself, why did I miss this? So on the top line, yes, of course, there were not any sharp increment. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Reviewing some of the existing taxes, and I remember I, I spoke to one of government officials. And said, "Well, this is what you you guys are pushing for for us not to uh, bring in new taxes. Now there's going to be a challenge, and how do we finance that?" I guess the point you're making: the devil is really in the detail, and when <laughs> the details come to the house, we will learn about it. Yeah. So, Ivan's government will end 2024 spending 61 billion Ghana cities more than revenue raised. Meanwhile, financial economist Professor Lord Mensah is worried about how government is planning to finance this deficit. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Syntax Tangs and Pepsi and Chakul and Hebal. Strutting into the most anticipated wedding of the year. Ah, only to see seven other girls wearing your exact same outfit. Ah! You are special and one of a kind. And that's why whether it's voice, data or SMS, you get to enjoy personalized offers tailored to your specific needs with MTN Just For You. Dial star 141 hash or select your options on the My MTN app to redeem your unique Just For You package on Ghana's best mobile network. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD campus, UCC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 Syntex has it all. Syntex Tank was first to introduce double layer tank. And now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana. And now introduces the customer specs order, which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of seven years, which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project, or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable.
world. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168. Kumasi 0505-555-666. Or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a year strong, a year tough. For over 10 years, Old Mutual has been touching lives in Ghana. Whether you're a trader or a student, an entrepreneur or an employer or nearing your retirement, we have the right financial solutions tailored just for you. Contact Old Mutual on 030-7000-600 or visit our website on oldmutual.com.gh to learn more. And let's realize your financial freedom together. 10 years of greatness, here for a lifetime. Old Mutual, do great things every day. Chale, inside my car, dear, drama, wow! The movie lovers always get some story to share, and the Premier League lovers too, they like complain. Hey, VR, ego over you. Hey, this one, dear, it's like you're talking about me. The DSTV movie channels, always they over me. This festive season, it go over you even more on DSTV. Sports are sports, movies and swap movies, kids channels are kids channels. And if you happen to be out this festive period, the DSTV stream go meet you there. Dial star 759 hash to reach connect or stay connected and unbox the entertainment this festive season. DSTV, it's your moment. The luckiest, luck is everywhere, for everyone, yeah. The luckiest. Keep buying your luckiest ticket with Star 712 Hash as an individual, a group, an association, or even a community. And stand a chance of winning in the community draw or the ultimate draw on 23rd of December. Be the luckiest on Star 712 Hash and win millions. Ticket sale starts on October 4th, 2023. And draw date is on 23rd December, 2023. Play responsibly, not for persons under 18 years. This promotion is regulated by the NLA on the Caritas platform. Win millions on Star 712. You could be the luckiest. You welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, government is expected to end 2024 spending about 61 billion Ghana cities more than what it is planning to raise in revenue. Now, this was captured in the 2024 budget when it comes to the expenditure outlook for next year. Finance Minister Ken Ofoyata has been given more details in Parliament today. Mr. Speaker, total expenditure is projected at 226.7 billion, 21.6% of GDP. This projection reflects a reduction of 600 percentage point of DGP in total expenditure commitment basis compared to the outturn in 2022. This large decrease comes from the combination of fiscal consolidation efforts of 4.9 percentage points of DGP reflecting an adjustment in revenue by 1.1 percentage point and primary expenditure by 3.9 percentage points of GDP. Now, when it comes to revenue, government is hoping to raise about 176 billion Ghana cities at the end of next year. The finance minister has also been given more details on the growth outlook and projections for next year. Mr. Speaker, based on the overall macroeconomic objectives and the medium-term targets, the fully macroeconomic targets are set for the 2024 fiscal year. Overall real GDP growth of at least 2.8%, non-oil real GDP growth of at least 2.1%, and period inflation rate of 5.0%, primary balance on commitment basis of a surplus of 0.5% of GDP, and gross international reserve to cover not less than three months of imports. Mr. Speaker, 
the 2024 and medium-term fiscal framework has been prepared in line with the objectives and policy priorities of a three-year IMF-supported PCPEC program. The primary balance on commitment basis is the fiscal anchor we are using to assess our fiscal efforts. And that is uh, Finance Minister Ken Ofoyata. Let's do some reactions to the budget affairs as the financial economist. That is Professor Lord Mensah, who is worried about how government is planning to finance the about 61 billion budget deficit in nominal terms. Government intention to spend um, um, did not grow that much. But then um, the revenue uh, that they projected um, seem to be so high, which has built up into, you know, a deficit of about, you know, 60.1 billion, you know, Ghana cities. And um, I asked myself, um, how are we going to finance, you know, this, you know, a budget deficit? Because that is where, you know, the, the, the problem is. At the end of the day, once the budget is being read, you just have to look at the, the 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 expenditure in excess of the the revenue that government intends to generate. Um, the numbers have been jumped, all right, but the margins of revenue wasn't. Uh, sorry, the margins on the expenditure jump wasn't the same as that of the you know um, revenue. Mm. So you ask yourself, um, with the kind of economy we find ourselves in. How is government going to finance this huge deficit that has been created? And that is the financial economist, uh, Professor Lord Mensah. Now, government has reviewed some of its tax measures in the 2024 budget. So what are some of the industry players saying about it? Let's get the views of Gordon Daddy. He is an associate director of tax at accounting firm KPMG. So broadly, I see the tax reliefs in, in three categories. One that is going to boost production uh, from the side of the release for businesses. Ones that is going, to, ones that are going to uh, look at the sustainability issues that we are experiencing. You know, globally there's a lot of talk about sustainability and ESG. And if you look at some of the reliefs that we are going to have for the um, the motor vehicle industry, for example, they talk about release for SKD and then the CKD, where the semi-knockdown vehicles. I mean, once you import them, there's there's that uh, relief or exemption on on the import duties. And I think that is very important because we need to look at how we can operate sustainably as a, as a country, how to move away from all the carbon emissions and things that we are seeing. So those are very good policies. And also on the plastic side, we, uh, government is intending to review some of the taxes there. And that will help us to manage some of the impact of the environmental issues on, on, our, on our economy. Uh, and so for me, one that is also important is also the, um, the informal sector, where government is looking at also to restructuring that side and also bringing some simplified transition for that side. Gordon Dade is an associate director at accounting firm for tax KPMG, sharing his thoughts on the tax measures or the tax reviews that has been done by the Minister of Finance today when he presented the 2024 budget. Mm-hmm. And um, the removal of the sanitary part tax, of course. I think it's very, very critical. And, and, and also, me. let mm-hmm. us also not forget about the lobbying that AGI and the push that mm-hmm. the AGI authorities the did or the, 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 the players well. did before this budget. And going into the way, we, we all knew that that would be scrapped because they had pushed and made a case and the impact that has happened on the industry. And that is why government had to heed to their proposal. We look forward to the debate when it starts then we can get all right you saw something that happened today a tip of the iceberg yes <laughs> well let's do some of your messages that so you send them in via whatsapp zero five five one 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 nine nine seven some of you have also left your comments on facebook and all our social media platforms this one from nana spintex if only the npp had not cancelled their so-called news and taxes when they took power we wouldn't have been here today did i hear taxes on our properties we live in as a reminder ghana is the only country in the world offering free boarding school education they better think about this michael from lagon says just yesterday chairmans are told you the total public sector employment is about seven hundred thousand, and he went on to rationalize
criticize it. How come the finance minister said within the short period they have created over one million jobs in the public sector? Charles Legon says if these are the benchmarks for measuring the success of a government, we'll be better off without a government, really. And Wanda Sechofia Daniel from Keta says, What have we done to President Tokufado to neglect Volta region for coastal protection? The sea is destroying the whole Keta. We need sea dredging and sea defense now, please. Yao is texting all the way from Finland. Please, the movement um, for the removal of Ufuriata has changed to maintain Ufuriata. Thanks. Really, did it come up? You were in parliament? Did it come up? Uh, removal of Ken Ufuriata. What really has happened to that? So, I thought so, we were supposed to be for the first so budget. Actually, I spoke to the minority leader today mm -hmm. uh, for PMS Press, yet to be aired, and he disclosed that in parliament, both majority and minority side, there is an agreement that the finance minister is going to go after this budget. After this one again? After this budget. <laughs> but this is not them pushing him out. Uh -huh. It's either going to be from what he says, either he himself has agreed to resign and this Very was his last. And that's why they were saying the bye-bye to him today. Um, uh, or the, the president himself was... How many bye-byes have we said to Kenneth Reza? So, we'll see. Okay. Well, yeah, Finland, um, you heard there. We'll see how it goes. Soko, remember, Angloga Agove. Remember, okay, talking about the 2024 budget that was read today, it seems to be, okay, non-sila. Oh, okay. We, the people around the southern part of Ghana, we are suffering. And we'll take a final one from NS from Taifa. There's no total economic satisfaction globally. At least there's hope and prosperity in this budget. 70% of Ghanaians are clapping and 30% of Ghanaians are lamenting with political lens. Let's therefore support this government to succeed. Ghana's economy has made, has turned around the corner, right? Mm. And um, we're told getting back on track. What's your thought? You can send them in as well. Please do. Uh, still live here on News Night on Joy 99.7 FM. Ms. Bao is here with sports. Yeah, Ivan. Well, uh, let's talk about the CAF Women's Champions League because the semi finals of that competition is on and away. Is the game between Asfar um, the, and they are playing Mamelodi Sundowns in the first semi final action and wait to see who will make it to the finals there. But of interest to us is Ghana's Ampem Dakwa ladies and they were playing sports in Club Casablanca tonight and both teams are participating in this tournament and at this stage for the very first time and uh, for the two of them uh, for Ampem Dakwa they advanced to this stage having finished top of group A while for the Moroccan side they advanced they haven't finished second in Group B. Well, for the Ghanaian side, they'll be hoping to replicate the feat of Azaka's ladies who were in the final of the maiden edition in 2021 before losing to Sundowns in the finals. So let's hear from the head coach of Ampem Dakwa, Ampem Dakwa ladies, Jonana Dakwa, who's been speaking ahead of the game at 8 p.m. tonight. Every semi-finals is like finals, very tough. And we know that we are going to have a very good game. Definitely they know us and we know them they have watched our game and we've been watching their games but inshallah we are going to win the game any war any war that you are going you don't have you don't you don't need defeat so you predict when you work for it then you have it so i trust my girls they are going to work and definitely with their with their hard work and determination, we can win the game. Oh, as for injuries, we don't have. Only our top striker, Miriam Ponsa, is not all that well. You can see that she's not playing our games, but other guests are there. That's head coach uh, Nana Joe Adakwa of Ampem Dakwa Ladies. So we're wishing the ladies the very best. And just a little update from the MTN FA Cup. And the draw for the round of 64 has taken place. And defending champions Dreams FC will take on to Subribi at the Theatre of Dreams. And they will welcome Marcia Santa Cotoco, Wohos Nations FC. Theatre of Dreams? Yeah. Theatre yeah, of Dreams. It's the same one I know. In Ghana here. Oh, In Ghana okay. here. That's the home grounds for Dreams FC oh, who won the MTN FA Cup Not Old Trafford. Not Old Trafford. In Manchester. That's become nightmares, you know. That's become nightmares. So let's not talk about it. Theatre <laughs> of Nightmares. Yeah. 
Well, so Kumasi has a goal play Nations FC in what is expected to be an Asante derby there at the Barra Sports Stadium. And for Kra had to folk, they'll play in Nanya uh, FC at the Kra Sports Stadium. So that's it for sports uh, events brought to you by Pepsi and Hebo and Chaco. But I was looking out for some statement from the Minister of Finance on sports, and I couldn't find any. Hmm. You know, I'm just surprised, just surprised. Have they given up on us or what? That's a good one. I think uh, given I up on hear, us. I didn't hear that too. Mm. Uh, mm. Let's see. When yeah, it comes okay. down to the floor, I'm pretty sure questions will be asked of that. Yeah. Possibly from the Youth and Sports Committee yeah. in the House. Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank Mr. you very uh, much. Talking about dreams, let's talk about stories of hope. Mansura Tijani Uma, after a second degree in finance, was unable to secure a job after nine years of searching. But guess what he has resorted to doing now? He's now in the mobile money vending business and also a fashion design apprentice that's how he's making some money to live on to put body and soul together and he's getting help from nbu youth empowerment center nana yaojima has today's episode of stories of hope the search for jobs can be a daunting endeavor for many young graduates After acquiring a second degree in finance nine years ago, Mansura Tijani Uma searched for a job in futility. I applied looking for a job here and there. So I keep applying. Even some people would bring 10,000, bring 15,000. It came to a point, I even had an appointment letter, which is a fake appointment letter. So I said, no, I have to just put a stop to all this. A 2017 data from the Institute of Statistics, Social and Economic Research at the University of Ghana showed only 10% of graduates find jobs after the first year of completing school. The research further revealed it can take up to 10 years for a large number of them to secure employment. Spared by the statistics, Mansura forfeited her search for a white-collar job to start a mobile money business. Though the business could help her cater for the family, she believes a career in fashion is more sustainable. Since my infant, I have the passion to learn how to sew. So as I was in school, normally vacation, I go out, sell some things. So when I get some small capital, I went and bought small machine. Then I started small, small. Mansura is presently in her second month of apprenticeship at Bethmark Clothing. Co-founder Rahel Konedu Ado rates her apprentice. She's very hardworking. When you give her something, she's always passionate to get to the perfection. With speed, she's improving on it. Mrs. Ado, a co-founder of Bethmark Clothing, shares in Mansura's employment drought. I was working at an IT firm. I had to quit and then come home, sit my parents down and tell them that this is what I want to do. It's not all the family members who agree, especially fathers. They think they've wasted money on you, but to me it's not a waste of money. In a year, the apprentice, Mansura, is hoping to be fully ready to operate as a fashion designer. Nine years ago, if I had started this long time by now, I will, not, I will have not been here, yes. So for me, when you finish senior high, it's like, oh, university, when you are done, don't just sit and then, oh, I'm looking for, I'm applying for a job. You can do, be doing that at the same time, learning in school. For Joy News, Nanae Ojima, Kumasi. And that's Mansura Tijani Uma's story of hope there. Now, some brutal um, workers who picketed the Roads Ministry to push for the employment were arrested by the police and cautioned. We know persons with um, physical disabilities who were working at brutal collectors picketed uh, the ministry, um, hoping that um, they would get their livelihoods back following the closure of these rootals, um, toll boots, I should say. Jojo Kobna, our features editor, engaged Evelyn Gadri and Mohammed Ramat Rashad, and they told him they would rather die in front of the roads ministry than idle at home. It's not easy cry at all. I prefer to sleep here than get into the house because the pressure is too much on me. My children and the family members now we don't have any respect in our families because of the work that they they, 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 they took from us. So I prefer sleeping here than 
going to the house. But for the reassignment of the job, before they told us, they would send us to Azul. Up to now, we've not heard anything. But we've realized that what they are doing is they are choosing their political ones and they are taking them. As I'm talking to some of our members, but they are not persons living with disability. They are working. Well, so that's uh, the interaction they had uh, with my colleague uh, Jojo Kobina earlier. And after that, uh, we're told uh, that uh, they were arrested and cautioned by the police. Michael Ashali has details of what we're learning from that incident. What do we know? So, for what we know is that the protesters were arrested by the Greater Accra Regional Police Command, detained for close to two hours, and then subsequently they were released, but not without a caution. They were also cautioned as well. They were arrested per the police accounts for flouting the Public Order Act by failing to notify the police before picketing at the ministry, uh, picketing the Ministry of Roads and Highways. Okay, so uh, that's what um, transpired earlier today, and uh, this is a matter that we are following up on, and as and when we get more on this, we'll bring that to you. You're still live on News 9 on Joy 99.7 FM and MFA. In, over the last uh, few weeks after uh, Dr. Baumier's uh, election as a flag bearer of the MPP, one big conversation has been dominating the conversation within the MPP itself, and that is who becomes his running mate. And one of the individuals tipped for that is a majority leader, Sergei Mensabonsu. He's been talking about that in an interview with myself for PM Express. You want to catch a full interview on the social media platforms, but listen to what he says about who the vice president should pick. You are interested? <laughs> it's not about me. It's about the party. That's true. But it's this not is, about me. But this is about national party. service. This is what you've done all your life. Yes. Are you interested? I'm saying to you, that's my interest matter. Of course it does. Assuming, assuming I'm interested. The determination is not in my hands. No, it's not. It's, it's by somebody else. I think you. the question to ask is whether I have the competence to be. That one, I would say yes. But so as for, ask, as for, you have the competence to be the You are doing that to it. You just said that I take all the boxes. Because, because, it's because you said I take all the boxes. I, 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 I take it. Because and you said the question to ask. I, I'm not going to formally ask. <laughs> it's for others to judge mm. whether I qualify. But it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the Umiya. My earlier point, Joe Wusu, you take all those boxes. Right. You do. Come again? You do. You take all those boxes. You are suggesting to me. You disagree with me? I say thank you for the compliment. So which means you agree that you take all the boxes? So it's about competence. It's about the other factors that you have alluded to. Am I the only one? There certainly may be others. Right. I'm just saying that. I'm not saying this because I want to be the running mate. No. Let's give the man space. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, give the man give space. The man space. You are the one forcing him. Oh, it's a simple <laughs> question. You, sh- you, should, you should catch the full interview. We played it on, uh, on PM Express yesterday, but it's available mm. on our social media handles, YouTube, Facebook my jaw online. Okay. Well, uh, just before we head out, though, Chief Justice um, Gertrude Tokonu has described the administration of the Inspector General of Police, Dr. George Okufu-Dampare, as inspirational. According to her, the IGP has not only transformed the police service, but also rebranded it positively to the admiration of other public institutions, including the judiciary. That uh, I have found... Uh, your leadership of the police extremely inspirational. Uh, I think it's only a very blind person who would not have noticed how much you have achieved in such a short time to rebrand the image of the police, to uh, reinforce what we ought to have known from the beginning, that the police is is a source of integrity, is a source of protection, is a source of help rather than a source of destruction. Um, Your institution and my institution have suffered the same fate in an apparent lack of trust from the society. Judiciary for many years has striven to introduce reforms that will compel efficiency and effectiveness in our work. But 
of course, we are speaking about the entire nation. So though we have done specialized courts, we have introduced automation, we have now moved into digitalization, we are digitizing our records, we have our judicial training institute, we have a focus on, on ethics and ethical standards in the manner in which we deliver our work. Growing is not something that happens in a day. Growing, as we all know, is a matter of process. And so I stand on very tall shoulders, and I'm sure you also feel the same. Uh, my predecessors did well. And even if the society finds it difficult to recognize, because perhaps the deficiencies or the lack of resources is stuck, compared to how much effort we put in. The consistent pushing of leadership to bring into fruition dreams. And, and so I have found your leadership inspiring, your efforts at presenting the police for who they are and who, who they ought to be seen as. And I'm drawing inspiration from it. And that's the Chief Justice, Getrude Tokono touting the inspirational leadership of the IGP, Dr. George Akufu Dampare. And we head out on that inspirational note and hand over to the strong... Hello, 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 people. Oh, your time. No, Anywhere no, no, we don't have time, time, time. It's not... <laughs> What's up? What's up, Evans? Hello. What's up, Ems? And I want to take a cue from what the Chief Justice said. He says the IGP has been extremely inspirational. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure you're going to have something... Uh, like 